Are you in graduate school and you have a difficult time writing? Are you someone who identifies as someone who struggles with writing? If so, this episode is just for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Grad School for Grown Folks podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tanya Vetter. Welcome to another fantastic episode. Today's episode is a good one. It is, trust me. It is a topic that I hear all the time. It is when candidates come in and they freak out about, wait for it, dun, 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 writing. Yes, yes, yes. And so today's episode is writing confidence comes down to, you're not going to like this, but you've got to hear it from me. Writing confidence comes from and comes down to reading and writing. Yes. And you guys know I work in threes. So I'm going to talk to you about three things, three very simple things that's going to make you a better writer. And you cannot get around writing in a graduate program because your dissertation that's going to be all of those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages is going to be what? Yes, writing. So it comes down to reading and writing. It's so interesting to me because we've gotten to a place now where, well, not me. I love reading. I love geeking out. As a matter of fact, I actually think it's actually quite sexy, if I must say, to be smart (laughs) or intelligent and an avid reader. I love posting the books that I read. I love challenging myself to see how many books I've read per month. And so, yeah, I'm I love posting it. I love having the stack of books per month. I can't wait to see in April what books I'm reading. But yeah, I think it's a cool thing. We've fallen out of love with being readers and the smell of pages and all that. I'm a geek about that. But if you want to be a better writer, it comes down to reading and writing. And I know a lot of us think it's just writing, writing, writing. But I've come today my friend, to give, to give you some, I don't say bad news, I say good news. It comes down to reading and writing. And so number one, if you want to be a better writer, it has to be valued. And that's the truth. You know, we're, we're looking at the, the era of education and I'm in um, education as well. Um, I actually work with a school district Um, And I'm the virtual instructional specialist. And we talk about now that school with COVID happening and all this stuff. And, you know, I don't know about other states, but definitely in Texas, the schools um, are having issues with attendance. And at some point we had to at first, you know, we were looking at the teachers and wondering, you know, if the teachers were doing their part. And you know what? The teachers are doing their part. What it came down to. 
there's no longer the value. The value is not the same for education as it used to be. And I'm going to say the same thing about writing. Writing has to be valued. If you want to be a better writer, right? If you want to be a better writer, if you want to write your study with more ease, here's the thing. You have to value it. And here's what I'm going to share with you. What is valued is scheduled. And let me show you how I can prove it. Do you schedule your workout time? Some of you, you don't even have to schedule it anymore. You know why? Because it's automatically in your day, right? And you know why it's automatically in your day? Because it's automatically a habit. You know why? Because you value it. So what we value, we automatically have in our day. We value taking a shower. So we don't have to schedule it. It's automatically programmed in our day. We automatically do it, right? So writing has to be the same thing. It has to be valued. The minute you start valuing becoming a better writer, you will start to schedule that time of writing, which is going to bring me to my number two, chunk it. Schedule your writing time. And usually what I tell my clients is I tell them to schedule their blocks of writing time and they whine. They do. I'm not going to lie and say just because <laughs> just because I asked them to do it, that there's not like pushback. They they whine like kids, too. They really do. I mean, we're talking about super adults like they are moms and dads and grandmothers and all of the things. And they whine. But I ask them to uh, to schedule blocks. And sometimes I have to ask a certain people more than once uh, to do it. And I say, of course, in two hour increments. But if you know two hours is not going to work for you, go ahead and set it in 60 minute. If you know that you are somebody who struggles um, on the HDA, um, HD, HD, ADHD spectrum, then go ahead and give yourself that 60 minute um, time uh, and set that timer, but chunk it right? And do this at least two times a week and just decide to do that. And what will end up happening is uh, it will become a habit, right? But you got to do it enough time in order for it to become a habit. So first of all, you have to value it, okay? Nothing becomes a habit until you value it. That's the bottom line. Like seriously, nothing happens until you value it. Because the brain is like, well, dude, or like, sister, you have not valued this thing. So until you tell us this is important, this is the brain talking to you, like you haven't given us a signal that this is important. So like we're lollygagging and saying it's optional as well, right? So this is all a brain thing. And we've been treating this like it's <laughs> like this is uh, something else happening. This is all a brain thing. Okay, so number one, make the decision decide that it's a value to you and then number two go ahead and chunk it by scheduling it and put it between either 60 minutes to 120 minutes twice a week and do that consistently on the same day 60 minutes to either 120 minutes and here's what I want you to do I want you to go a step further whatever you decide if it's going to be 60 minutes then stick with 60 minutes right and then if you like the way that feels consistently, then go ahead and bump it up the next, you know, if it's 60 minutes, do 60 minutes for three weeks. If you like the way that feels, then bump it up, you know, maybe 30 more minutes the next the next week. But gradually push it up. You know, you don't want to shock 
your system, shock your brain. What's going on? Just gradually increase it. And then number three, reading. Chunk it. Just chunk it. Just chunk it, you know. Schedule reading sessions. And here's the thing. You have to read so that you can have something, work with me, to write. The problem is, if you're not reading, what are you going to write? Yeah. Well, of course. That's why you guys are coming to me freaking out. I have nothing to write. And my question is, well, what are you reading? Uh, Well, I don't have any articles. I don't have any peer review. Well, yeah. So I want you to also schedule that reading session with yourself and actually put it on your schedule. There's something about scheduling that time that makes it um, more organized, number one, and it signals to the brain that this is of a value. There's that word again, right? This is a value. So you schedule it, actually schedule it in your phone. Yes, you have a Google account. Okay, schedule it with yourself. And then here's the nugget that I'm, this is a stop what you're doing. I'm getting ready to give you a huge secret. Once you read, this is a huge one. Once you read what you've read for that day. So if it's going to be, again, 60 minutes, all right, If you're going to read for 60 minutes and you're going to take notes while you're reading and all that stuff, or uh, if you're going to do it for two hours, that's fine. But here's what I want you to do directly after you've read for your focus time for that day. I want you to immediately get with someone that you know has your back. You know, I'm not talking about somebody who is not that supportive of you being in graduate school and all that stuff. I want you to get with someone who has your back and knows that you're in graduate school. And I want you to start talking about what you've just read. Now, this is a gem and I'll tell you why. Whatever you've just read, the fact that you can now talk about it is going to become fluent in your mind. Let me tell you, this is a golden gem. This is going to be big for you because doing this will have residual effects when it's time for you to propose and defend in your presentations. This is wonderful. I've seen this work time and time again. I've seen clients of mine um, and even friends of mine when they were in grad school, we would just talk about our studies nonstop. And what it does is it's helpful when it's time for you to propose and defend. You'll become very comfortable with your topic. All right. So for this reason, it is very important for you to be surrounded by people who support you as a graduate student. So I'm telling you, those three things will knock it out of the park and you will become more excited when it's time to read and especially write. I'm telling you. And then you'll find yourself like making little annotated notes all on the side and you will become what I call a super grad student. I hope this episode has served you well. You guys know what I say. You decided to do this. So in everything you do, do it well. See you next time.